Blog Talk Radio. Uh, that matchup 
I feel I'll be at that game, and I'm really looking forward to that matchup. I feel like that's going to be huge. Uh, the Boston Cannons, year in, year out, are one of the top teams in the league, perennial playoff uh, team, perennial playoff contender, championship contender, uh, and they will be squaring off against the team that many have dubbed to be the winners, quote-unquote, of the 2013 off season, uh, leading up into the season, the Lizards have made a ton of moves and really acquired some name talent. Uh, they brought in David Earl, Stephen Waldeck, Jack Reed, um, Mark Matthews. Uh, a lot of a lot of talent. They brought in Joe Mara to back up Drew Adams. Uh, there's a lot of talent in coming into New York for this summer. And now that's not to mention Rob Pinnell finally making his way to New York, uh, the draft of Jojo Morasco this year. Uh, there's a lot of things going on with the Lizards. Certainly exciting. Um, big storyline for this weekend, for this weekend's game. You're going to have Jack Reed, who's played the past four seasons with the Cannons, won a championship with the Cannons. We talked to him last week. Uh in lacrosse lounge. He was one of last week's guests. He, like I said, past four seasons with the Cannons, won championship with the Cannons, played for the Boston Blazers, uh, spent his college career at UMass. He's from Glastonbury, Connecticut. He's a New England boy. He's played mostly all of his lacrosse in New England, and he will be suiting up for the New York Lizards for the first time since being traded to the team from Boston in the offseason. And uh, Boston didn't – his price range wasn't much. Boston got a sixth-round pick for him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see Jack Reed knows a lot of these guys. play Like he said last week on the show, he played hockey with a bunch of them over the winter. Um, so he knows a lot of these guys. He knows a lot of these guys' tendencies. And – and it'll be interesting to see how he matches up against his old team, against guys that, um, you know, he's been teammates with for years. And maybe it'll be interesting to see how he's recepted by the Boston crowd. It'll be interesting to see those emotions that he plays with against Boston in Boston. Uh, that game's not for, you know, a little while, but this weekend he goes up against these guys. And that's a pretty – I feel like that's a pretty big storyline uh, in the, this weekend's game. Uh, this weekend, another storyline um, for the Cannons. Routinely, they have Paul Rabel opening the season. Uh, he's one of the best in the league. He's always an MVP candidate. Last year, he set the record for most points in the season. Uh he will not be available for the Cannons for the start of the season. He is playing in the NLL this year. Therefore, the seasons overlap, and he has commitments to the Philadelphia Wings and will be unavailable for the Cannons for the start of the season. You know, however long the Wings go into the playoffs, uh, that's how long the Cannons will be, out, be without Paul Rabel. And ever since he stepped foot in this league, Rabel has been one of the most electrifying, dominant players in the sport, in the league. So what do the Cannons do without their perennial 
MVP candidate without a guy who makes such a big difference in the field. Last year, it seemed like the cannons struggled. Some of the cannons' struggles came because they couldn't find anybody to pair with Rabel in the midfield. Uh, Martin Cahill struggled. Bill McLone struggled. Those are two guys that the team acquired either in the offseason or uh, during the season in trades. And uh, neither of those guys really made an impact on the field. So, yes, Kevin Buchanan can play some midfield and get in there. He won't be there either. He was also with the Wings, so he will be unavailable. But uh, what will the Cannons be able to do in the midfield on offense without Paul Rabel? Uh, I think that's a huge Huge question mark. The Cannons will have a lot to answer. It gives the midfielders on this team a chance to step up. Someone like possibly John Hayes, who I will have on the show later tonight, and I'll be asking him some of these questions. But it gives these guys like John Hayes, maybe Mike Stone, um, and the newly acquired Colin Briggs a chance to step up and show what they have, show what they can contribute to the team. Um but what is, it'll be fascinating because Rabel has been a mainstay with the Cannons. He didn't play in the NLL last year. So, you know, they've gone so long with having the top guy from the beginning all the way to the end. So what does this team do now when the best player possibly in the league isn't available? Uh, that's a question the Cannons haven't had to answer in quite some time. And it'll be really interesting to see how they do answer it this weekend. I'm certainly looking forward to that. Um, But the Cannons, let's make no mistake, will still have some really talented players. Colin Briggs, uh, a guy, he was a rookie last year. He was a two-way workhorse. He had a great career at Virginia. Uh, A lot of people, including um, New York Lizards head coach Joe Spelina, who had Colin Briggs uh, acquired him for a split second in a trade. Uh, they had traded the rights to Zach Career for Colin Briggs this offseason, and then they moved Briggs to the Cannons uh, for draft picks uh, in the deal. Actually, excuse me, they moved him to the Charlotte Hounds for the deal that brought Stephen Pizer, not Stephen Pizer, Stephen Burgers. I'm getting everybody confused now. The three-team trade that happened recently, we spoke about on the show. The Hounds sent Steven Berger to the Lizards in exchange for Colin Briggs and other pieces. And then the Hounds moved Colin Briggs to Boston for another draft pick next season. So, now we got that confusion out of the way. Um, Briggs is available for the Cannons and... Joe Spelina, in talking to him to the show uh, last month, he really he thinks the world of Colin Briggs, thinks he's going to have a great season. A lot of people have said on their Twitters, have told me, that they feel that Briggs will have a breakout here. He's got to do it in the first couple weeks because they're going to really need him. But Matt Poske and Ryan Boyle, two of the best attackmen in the league, uh, possibly in the league ever, um, they will be available, they will be playing, they will be suiting up. And the Cannons also have their face-off specialist, Chris Eck, always one of the best in the league. 
so they still have their pieces in place. Um, but it's a different. It'll be a different look cannons for the beginning of the season. Uh, no Jack Reed, no Mitch Belisle, who is also playing indoors. No Kevin Buchanan, no Paul Rabel. So it'll be a new look team. They drafted well. Will Manny, Jake Smith from UMass, who uh, were drafted by the Cannons in January. But they will not obviously be able to play because of the ongoing NCAA season. So it'll really be curious what the Cannons look like um, as they come in to uh, Sunday's game against the Lizards. It'll be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see because the Lizards, on the other hand, Unlike many of the teams in the league, they'll be missing Max Siebold. But they still have Berger. They still have Pizer. They still have face-off man Greg Gremlin. They still have, um, on attack, they'll have Tommy Palasek. On attack, they'll have Grant Catalino. Uh, defensively, they'll have Brian Carolunas. They, they'll have Drew Adams in net. Um, they have a large portion of of their talent. Jack Reed, as I mentioned before, they have a large portion of their talent available and ready to start the beginning of the season. That's going to be huge. You know, you can't win the championship now. You know, it's very, you can't win the championship in April. But as we've seen with the Hamilton Nationals, especially last year, a season can be lost this early uh, if you can't make up any ground. And a lot of that comes with what talent you have available. And it'll be very, very, uh, the Lizards are very lucky to have this many people available this early in the season. They look like one of the strongest units. They had a strong offseason. They look like they've got a strong core to start the season off and get off on the right foot, much like they did last year uh, in part of their hot uprising season um, when everybody thought, that they would be, it would be a rebuilding year, but they had a strong core of guys ready from the start, and they they took off right from the beginning. So that'll be a big clash this weekend to watch. Uh, I'll be at the game. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes, and there'll certainly be, you know, it'll be interesting to see where these teams go and how this sets up the team going forward, both teams, really. Um, then we have the Bayhawks against the Rattlers. The Bayhawks are the defending champions. Um, certainly, you know, this is where it starts. This is where it starts. The championship defense starts against the Rattlers, and it starts on a neutral site. The Rattlers are the home team, but the Rattlers, fittingly enough, which uh, – we hope if John Galloway calls in to ask about, uh, they're playing in all three neutral site games this year, two in Florida, one in Boca Raton, uh, one in St. Petersburg, and one in Georgia, uh, Atlanta, Kennesaw area. The Rattlers are playing three neutral site games this year, and they open up against the Bayhawks. So right off the bat, home field advantage kind of lost. They're not used to the field. Who knows what the fan split will be. So how does Rochester respond to that? This would be a home game for them. They would have the fans backing them. Uh, and the lacrosse fans in Rochester are great. They would have the home fans. They would have their field. 
that they're accustomed to, they have, they don't have those advantages. And now you put them up against a team that's a defending champion. Oh my goodness, the odds are incredibly stacked against them. Um, but the beginning of the season does mark the return of Mark Millon to the lacrosse world, to the Major League Lacrosse organization. Uh, the Hall of Famer this this winter was the big surprise of the league when the Rattlers selected him with the first pick in the supplemental draft earlier in the winter. Uh, kind of surprised everybody. Picked up Millen, uh, excuse me, picked up Mark Millen, who hasn't played in quite a few years. Uh, he's been retired. He's been, you know, he's still picked up a stick. He's been doing clinics. He's been doing, uh, you know, he's been at the convention, putting on demonstrations, dodging, showing some dodges and stuff. But he hasn't played competitively in quite some time. Uh, 41 now, I believe, 41. What kind of impact can he still have on the game? Now, in interviews with the league and other media outlets, uh, since he's been selected, he says he's been working out. He says he's ready to go, but he admits he isn't going to be, he thinks at least, the game changer that he once was. He's not planning on leading the league in scoring. Uh, he's coming back to play because he loves the game, and he's also coming back so his sons uh, can watch him play in a competitive game. So, He's coming back for the right reasons, but it's got to, you got to wonder at what level, at what level will he be at? And one thing with the Rattlers last year, the Rattlers finished a game out of the playoff hunt last year. One thing that lacked, especially early in the season was a good scoring punch. Um, You know, as the season went on, they kind of found their way a little bit, but they lacked that scoring punch. And they're gonna need, uh, they're gonna need Mark Millen to put some points on the board. Uh, Matt Strebel is a great player, and he he'll certainly be a big help. Uh, I'm a fan of Rob Rotan's game. He'll be a big help. I'm a uh, you know Brad Ross played well last season. Um, he played well last season when moving from the Cannons to the Rattlers. So maybe there are some pieces in place. Uh, but it'll really be interesting to see how a legendary figure um, holds up in his first game. Uh, now, typically in athletics, especially pro athletics, uh, especially you know in some of the more active sports, football, basketball, as guys age, guys get into their 30s, especially their mid-30s, they tend to slow down, and they're not the players they used to be. Now, not saying Mark Malone is going to light the world on fire, um, but we've seen in lacrosse that sometimes the older players are still as capable as they were when they were younger. Casey Powell, John Grant Jr., uh, indoors, Josh Sanderson. Um, there have been a slew of guys that can still play the game and still play the game at a very high level 
in an advanced age for professional athletics. Uh, and we've seen it in MLL. As I said, John Grant Jr. and Casey Powell, two of the older players in the league last year, you know, Casey didn't get as much playing time. He wasn't around as much, um, but he made a big impact when he rejoined the Nationals uh, the year before last when they played the Cannons in the championship game. He made a huge impact on that team. John Grant Jr. still going strong week in, week out. Um, so older players can really, in the sport of lacrosse, they can still hang. Um, they rely on their smarts and they rely on finding good good spacing and finding good cuts. Um, they can still play. So it'll be interesting, really interesting to see where, uh, how he fits into the game. Another storyline to watch with the Rattlers, they traded this offseason, they traded for Billy Bitter. Now, where Billy Bitter is, if he's ready to go, if he, uh, you know, if he plans on being in there, if he plans on being around, uh, he could help a team that struggled with their offense. But you look at their, uh, you look at the Rattlers roster right now. Billy Bitter still hasn't been assigned a number, and you'll wonder. Um, there was a rumor. Now this is a rumor. Uh, John Ortolani hasn't been assigned a number either, so you don't know. But there was a rumor that Billy Bitter um, wasn't at training camp. Um, now, I have to follow up on that, and I want to see if he's around. But why isn't he there uh, if that's the news? Um, so that's another thing to look at. Now, we also have... The Chesapeake Bayhawks, the defending champions, they've got a great, you know, great roster. They're full of guys. You know, John Grant Jr. Uh, and Drew Westervelt are playing in the NLL, so they won't be ready for the beginning of the season. Um, but I mean, look at—they still have Stephen Brooks. They still have Kyle Dixon. Uh, so their midfield, right off the bat, two very, very talented midfielders. Michael Evans on defense is ready to go. Uh, Ben Hunt, who had a great championship weekend, uh, another midfielder. They've got Nicky Polanco, Brian Spolina. Those guys are veteran players. Uh, Kip Turner, starting in goal. They've got a lot of talent, a lot of players um, that were a part of this championship team last year. Uh, Ben Rubior is was great two years ago, and, you know, he didn't get as much time, as much uh, publicity as some of the guys, you know, as John Grant Jr., as Drew Westervelt last year, but he's a great player. Um, So they're missing some pieces on attack, but they've got a great midfield still going. They've got a great, 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 very strong, very physical, very smart defense. Um, that will anchor this team throughout the season. So they still look like they could be ready to go for that game one and really start their title defense, start it strong. Uh, Certainly very interesting to see where they go from here. 
You know, that'll be, and in a non-market game, I think what everybody's looking for, everybody's looking to see how the fans will take. You know, what will the stadium be like in Florida, in St. Petersburg, Florida? What will the stadium be like for a major league lacrosse game? What will the atmosphere be like? Will the fans be receptive? Will they be excited for the game? And will, you know, will the weather be good? Um, That's always a key factor in MLL games, either playoff games or all-star games or in non-market games. Uh, you know, I have, remember having Commissioner Gross on the show last year, and uh, part of the reason they had the All-Star game in Florida last year, they were testing out a potential expansion market, and they wanted to see, July, what's the weather going to be like? August, what's the weather going to be like in in Florida during the summer? Will the players be able to play in it? Will the fans be able to enjoy themselves in it? Um, so we'll have to see. That'll be one of the factors. Um, and, again, will the fans come out to watch the game? I feel like they will. Florida has been a, a pretty big, growing lacrosse area. Uh, the All-Star game last year was a huge hit. So it'll be interesting to see how the fans take to this game. And that's really the most important thing. That's why they're doing it at the neutral site, see what happens. I think they'll show. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then we have the Denver game as well, uh, the Denver-Charlotte game, which we'll get to later. But I believe right now we have John Hayes on the line. Uh, John, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's going well. How are you? Doing well, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have John Hayes live with me on Lacrosse Lounge, um, Boston Cannons midfielder. And, John, I'm really excited to get into a lot of uh, talk about the upcoming season. I've got a lot of questions lined up for you. I hope you're ready. Um, But I wanted to start with last week uh, I had the show on Monday, and obviously there was the Boston Marathon uh, bombing the events that led up uh, the events on that day. And it's been a crazy week in Boston. And if you look at your Twitter, um, which I did, and for anybody else that follows John, uh, you said you were actually uh, just uh, you know down the street from where it all happened. Um, so before we talk about lacrosse, this is a huge news event and everything, uh, I, w- I wanted to ask, what was that day like? What was that moment like? What was it like being so close to the event? And, you know, what did you see? What did you hear? Well, I was um, I was down the street like a block or two and actually around the corner, so I couldn't see what was going on. I just heard the two loud noises, um, bangs was what they sounded like. And then uh, as the the runners started to finish. I was in the uh, finishing end. As all the runners were finishing, we slowly, slowly got uh, news that there had been explosions. And there was a, a, a ton of people, and it seemed um, just like a lot of confusion, a lot of a lot of confusion, and people didn't really know what was going on. And just people started to talk to random strangers walking by, and just kind of, you hear explosions, and you hear like you hear you hear a siren 
And then as the minutes went by, it just the sirens just multiplied and multiplied and got louder and louder. So it was just really like confusing at first. And then once you figured out what had happened and what had gone on, it was just like, it was just shock and kind of the thought process is, well, how do I get myself away from any danger away from the situation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, while this is going on, you said there was a lot of confusion, but what were the thoughts in your head uh, as this was happening? Um, to be honest, I, I don't really even, I don't know, because I was just so shocked and, and confused as to what was going on. Is uh, We were told that there were explosions down the street, and we didn't know what had caused it. We didn't have any answers. So mm-hmm. I didn't know the proper way to react, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the the confused feeling is kind of what stuck with me most of the time. And after we, we were told what had happened and, and, and what was assumed, then we kind of were a bit nervous, but because of the delay and stuff, it, it kind of we weren't too concerned anymore. We had thought or assume that it was over. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, obviously, first of all, uh, glad to hear that you are safe. Um, but now, you guys, uh, with the cannons, you had uh, you took part in a benefit scrimmage against Cross Lacrosse uh, for marathon victims. Uh, you know, how did the how did the benefit how did the scrimmage go? Uh, what was the atmosphere like there? And uh, could you just talk a little bit about that? Uh, the scrimmage was fantastic. I mean, uh, the Crawler guys did um, a good job getting people there, and, and the Cannons guys as well. The, the management got got a decent number of people in the stands, which was able to generate some funds for donation. But a lot of guys put up um, a lot of their own money for it, for a donation, uh, depending on how many goals are scored or kind of just a fun way to um, raise money for it, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they, every, everyone involved it was um, had fun doing it. It was a good time. It was kind of – it was nice to be able to get on the lacrosse field for a good cause as opposed to having it be for business, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Well – Business is uh, what we will be seeing from Cannon this weekend. Uh, no, no scrimmage this weekend. You guys are taking on the New York Lizards uh, in the first game of the season. So uh, I'll start with generally for the Cannons for yourself. How have you prepared for the upcoming Cannon season? Uh, just, just been working out and. Uh, did some indoor cross in the, in the winter season to keep mm-hmm. my stick fresh and just uh, been running and, and prepping as I would any any season. I mean, it's it's good to know that the season is only a couple days away because all the preseason stuff kind of gets put on the back burner once once the season hits and you can kind of focus on games and watching film and stuff like that. But uh, just been doing a lot of 
lot of running and a lot of uh, a lot of working out to kind of get my body ready for the abuse that it's gonna take and put out for the rest of the season. And, and what do your workouts entail? You know, uh, don't want you to give away some of the secrets to your success. Uh, but you know, lacrosse players, as any professional athlete, you have to work hard. Uh, I'm sure you got some intense workouts. What are some things that you include in your workout? Um, mostly explosion type workouts um, and single leg, lots of lots of leg workouts, single legs, um, anything to really get the legs exploding and to give me some quickness and um, some good jump in my step is really the basis for what I work on. Other than that, it's um, just just standard um, free weights and, and mostly body weight stuff, you know, nothing too crazy, um, but mostly just explosion-type workouts to kind of get my get my legs moving and, and full body stuff where it's not just uh, people doing bicep curls or something like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of leg workout. And you did say uh, you played some lacrosse over the winter. You were playing box for the Boston Rock Hoppers. Uh, what was that experience like? It was a first-year team, um, you know, kind of new league in the NALL. N-A-L-L, uh, make sure I said that right. Uh, what was that experience like this winter? Uh, it was fun. I mean, we had, I had a very open mind going into it. I didn't know what to expect, and I didn't have too many um, expectations for the league, but it definitely exceeded all expectations that I did have. I, I had a great time. The, the people that uh, were involved with the team and management and the coaches and, and the players were all great guys. Um, we just had we had a fun time, we, and, and we worked hard and really had just over the course of a couple months built a lot of chemistry, and it ended up being a championship-winning team, which, which was fantastic. And, I mean, it was just really way better than I had expected it to be. Well, congratulations on the championship. That's always a always a big big experience. So congratulations uh to you for that. Now for the Cannons as a whole. Uh you guys had a good season last year, made the playoffs, were a strong team throughout, but weren't able to successfully defend the championship from the year before. So this season, what do the Cannons have to do to get back to the championship game, to get back that championship title? What do the Cannons have to do this year? Um, to be honest, I don't think we have to do too much. We just have to come, go back to the basics and really focus on doing the little things properly, whether it's getting winning all the ground ball battles and clearing the ball to finishing every opportunity that we get in the offensive end. I mean, just really small, small things will make a big difference this year. And uh, with a lot of the guys on the team, um, there's guys like you, yourself, 
uh, Mike Stone, J.J. Morrissey, some guys that have really kind of worked extreme it worked extremely hard to make it on the roster, to make contributions to the teams of this league. It seems like you guys will do all the little work. You know, you do the dirty work. Uh, how valuable is it to a team to have uh, a number of guys like yourselves that really uh, that will do all those little things and help propel the team, you know, do what's best for the team? I mean, I think most – most guys on the team will do will do those little things and and do everything whatever it takes to to be successful. Um, I don't think that myself or Mike or JJ would or, or would do anything differently than than most players out there. I mean, everyone everyone on the team works hard and everyone puts in a massive amount of time and effort to to be as good as they can be and. You know, you just can only do your part in putting yourself in the best situation possible. All right. So on the flip side of that, uh, for this weekend game and for maybe the first few weeks of the season, um, you know, obviously the Cannons are – you guys are teammates with Paul Rabel, who year in and year out is a perennial MVP candidate. Last year uh, broke the scoring record for the league. Um, but he's going to have NLL commitments for the first couple, first few weeks of the season. And that's not something that you guys as a team have had to really deal with in the past couple seasons. He's been with the Cannons from the start of the season. So how, as a team, you know, how does that affect you guys for the first game this weekend, not having an MVP candidate alongside you? And and what are you guys going to have to do to kind of – fill in his shoes while he's gone? Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll be missing a, a, a bunch of guys, not just Paul. Not just Paul and uh, everyone else is just going to have to take a little bit a little bit extra weight and put it on their shoulders and be prepared to carry it. I mean, it's um, something that we have prepared for the past couple of weeks in training camp. And as long as everyone just does their job and, and kind of Puts puts their best effort forward. We should be fine. Um, Paul obviously adds a, a massive is a massive addition to the team and and, it, and is just a, a massive threat. And you can't really make up for his that loss. But for the next couple of weeks, we kind of can't really keep, have that as an excuse and can't use it as an excuse. We need to just play our game and, and as if Paul was there. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned uh, guys stepping up and guys taking on a little bit more weight. Um, for you yourself this year, what roles do you see yourself filling for the Cannons? Uh, I'm I'm going to hold myself accountable on the defensive end um, with with Matt Smalley. Him and I will be uh, filling the d midi role, and I'm just going to do what I can to prevent, prevent that other teams from scoring. And uh, that's that's what's kind of expected of me to in my defensive position, and that's what I'll do, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you talked about uh, you guys have had training camp for the past couple weeks leading up to the season um, with the guys that were there. That's the the team that you're going to start off with. Uh, who impressed you early on in training camp? What guys? Maybe someone that we 
haven't seen much of, maybe somebody that really improved their game, but who were you really impressed with uh, in training camp this off season? Um, someone that really impressed me, I don't want to give away too many, too many people's names, but, uh, Fred Adams, uh, came into training camp and he was flying around. He, he had an awesome couple of weeks and I look forward to playing with him the rest of the year. I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll be involved in the active roster a lot this year. Mm-hmm. All right. So that'll be somebody for Cannes fans and the rest of the MLL to be on the lookout for this season, see how he does. <laughs> Uh, so a little little tip from uh, John Hayes. Uh, and now, John, what do the Cannons have to do this weekend uh, against the Lizards to start the season with a W? You know, what has to be done against these guys? What is the key to success this weekend? I think we just need to can possess the ball on the offensive end and, and really just control the tempo of the game. As long as... Um, as long as we have Ryan in the, in the game, we can we can control that. We can control the ball and control the tempo, and really make the game go our way. Any time that we want, and Ryan's such a such a great and smart player at, at attack that as long as we get the ball down to him and, and those attackmen, then we'll be fine. So as long as we get the ball uh, the ball out of us, our end and we get it down to the attackmen and let them kind of do their thing. We shouldn't have shouldn't have too much more to worry about. Mm-hmm. And now with the Lizards, and it's something I talked a little bit about this week, uh, I talked a little bit last week on the show, um, somebody that you've had a lot of work, you've done a lot of work with uh, the past few seasons with the Cannons uh, on defense, Jack Reed, traded this offseason to the Lizards. What will it be like to not be working with him in this game as you've done the past couple of seasons, but uh, to see him in a different in the in the opposing team's uniform? Um, I mean, it's no different than anyone else in an opposing team's uniform. I mean, once you step on the field, you kind of friendships and and everything else gets put to the side, and and he's there to win the game just like we're there to win the game. So uh, we'll just go out and and. Play it, play it as we would any other game. All right. Um, so I have to ask about, you know, this upcoming season, uh, where do you see the Cannons kind of in the hierarchy in the league? You know, you guys have been playoff contenders, championship contenders every year. Um, but with such a tight league, everybody's doing what they can. With such a small league, everybody's doing what they can to break through. Uh, you've got the defending champion, Bayhawks. Uh, you've got the Lizards, who a lot of people uh, have said have, quote-unquote, won the offseason, if you could do such a thing. Uh, they've made a big splash. The Outlaws have an impressive uh, playoff streak. You've got the Hounds and the, and the Machine expansion teams from last year that people like the talent that they've brought in. Um, you know, you've got the and you've got the Nationals and the Rattlers. Um, where do you see the Cannons? Falling into the hierarchy in the league right now. I, I I would put us I would put us at the top. I mean, other teams have made changes, but the, the cans have made changes too. It's not just uh, it's not just other teams that have, that have been improving. Um, we've been, we've been improving as as a team, and, and the coaching staff and management has made our team better in the off season, just like other teams have. And the 
there's not really much else that uh that needs to be done. I mean, we're in the, we're always near the top and, and I don't see us going anywhere from from that area. Mm. So, and I mean, you seem confident in that answer and there's no reason you shouldn't be, but is the outlook from the team as a whole, you know, one of confidence and really ready for this season and really looking for kind of the championship this year? Is there a lot of confidence coming out of Cannon's camp? Yeah, yeah, everyone's everyone's real real confident and, and excited to get the season underway. I mean the to speak of the championship is uh is a long ways away. I mean we're a lot more excited for a game one in uh just getting the season going than than looking all the way down to uh that final weekend championship weekend. So we'll uh look we more more interested in game one than we are the rest of the way, so we'll figure that out as we go. Okay, and so game one, uh, you know, everybody's excited for the start of the new year, uh, for the new season. It's, you know, we've waited all off season through the trades, through the drafts, everything. Game one's coming up. Uh, what what's, a, what's most exciting for you as a player uh, about game one? You know, now you finally get to go out there. What what are you most excited about for Sunday? Just to get just to get on the field and play. I mean, you you kind of look forward to it ever since the the end of the season last year. I mean, you you play, play this game to to step on the field and and have fun and and kind of compete against the best and and that's really kind of what you look forward to the most is getting on the field and and just trying to compete at the highest level that you can and doing as much as you can. All right. Now, before uh, talking about the Cannons, you mentioned that your team has made some changes as well this offseason. And uh, one pickup that seems like to me could be a pretty pretty big pickup uh, and a guy that could step in on offense uh, in the first couple weeks of the season is Colin Briggs. Uh, Rhode Island guy, um, his it'll be his second year in the league, his first full season. A lot of people are saying that he could have a breakout year. Um, what have you seen from Colin in training camp so far, working with him? What is, what is he? What what do you think he can give to this team? He Colin's, Colin's a uh, fantastic player, and he just adds another another level of intensity and another threat to our offense. I mean, he's he's a great player, and he's just another person that other teams are going to have to look out for. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, not too much more I can say about say about that. But he's definitely a great player, and he's definitely someone that's going to put a, put a lot of balls in the back of the net this year. All right, all right, that'll certainly be interesting to see. And for you yourself, coming on the show tonight, uh, the season starting this weekend. What do you want to say to Boston Cannons fans that are listening? What do you want to say to them about the team and about this season? Um, not much. I mean, just just looking forward to forward to getting the season going and and seeing all the fans at uh, Harvard Stadium this year. And it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun year. And the Cannons typically. You guys get a very large support, a uh, very large crowd. 
you guys are always like your tops in the standings. You're always towards the tops in attendance figures as well. What's it like playing in such a big atmosphere, a big lacrosse atmosphere, and a really appreciative fan base? It's a blast. I mean, it's it's a, it's so much fun to be able to get out on the field with that many people in the stands and and entertaining them and and kind of knowing that their eyes are on you and, and watching they're there to watch you play. It's uh it's a fantastic feeling and it's it's a lot of fun to, to be able to play at such a great facility too. Harvard's a Harvard's a Harvard Stadium's a a great great place to play. And it's uh the history behind it all the way to the people in the stands it's it's a, a great ap- atmosphere to to be a part of. All right. Well, John, before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to say about what you've done to prepare, about the season in general, or about the Cannons? Is there anything else that you want to say that didn't really hit on yet? Or No, I mean, just looking forward to it. I, every, I know everyone, everyone's really excited to get the season going and, and kind of get get everything underway here. Um, you know, the guys are all geared up and fired up, ready to go. So it'll be uh, it'll be good to actually be able to get on the field against another team. All right. Well, there you have it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. John Hayes, midfielder for the Boston Cannons. John, thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight and calling in. I really appreciate it. It was uh, great to talk to you. Good luck this weekend, and best of luck the rest of the year. Thank you very much. Have a good night. All right, have a good one. You too, man. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, again, that was John Hayes of the Boston Cannons getting a little bit of uh, getting a little bit of info about what the Cannons are doing, how the Cannons feel about the season. Um, and I ask about the confidence coming out of camp. They're a top team, you know, and uh, nobody – they've been a top team. They've been consistent. They seem to bring in some great players year in and year out. Um, so I didn't say they shouldn't be confident. Uh, just you trying to get a feel of what they what the guys are thinking, you know, and how things are going in camp and things of that nature. Uh, and John says they're ready to get things started. They're ready to get things going, and that they're ready even if they're without Paul Rabel and Kevin Buchanan and Mitch Belisle. Um, you know, Jordan Burke will be in goal. He's routinely uh, the past two years. Uh, a finalist, uh, a potential goalie of the year winner. Uh, hasn't won yet, but he's he's up there. He's one of the best in the league. Uh, so they've got him to anchor in net. And as, uh, as John mentioned, Ryan Boyle on attack, one of the best in the league. Uh, fantastic feeder. He's like a quarterback. You know, he keeps the team steady, keeps the team going. So, they still got a lot of talent on the field, and John talked about some of it. He talked about about Ryan Boyle, and he talked about the possible impact that Colin Briggs could could have for this team. So it's exciting to hear that they're confident, they're ready to get things going, and they're ready to square off against the Lizards on Sunday. Uh, if you want to follow John Hayes on Twitter, uh, his account is at Hazy underscore J. That's at H A Y E. S-I-E underscore J. Uh, at Hazy J, follow John Hayes on Twitter, and you can see 
You know, he did. Uh, so we did talk about uh, the events in Boston last week, and uh, he's a good follower on Twitter, as is a lot of the guys in the league. I appreciate John calling in. Um, unfortunately, it looks like John Galloway was not able to make it tonight. Um, so I apologize to the listeners for him not coming on to the show tonight. But, again, very appreciative for the time that we got to talk to John Hayes. Uh, and hopefully set up the stage for this weekend with the games, some storylines to follow this weekend uh, with the three, first three games of the MLL season. Um, as we talk about watching the games, uh, ESPN has uh, an MLL have announced their schedule for airing airing games this season, and uh, ESPN two will have six games uh, this season, uh, and they start in July. Uh, three regular season games, the All Star game, and one semifinal in the championship will air on ESPN two. They've also got a bunch of games uh, that will air on ESPN3 online. And another interesting development that just came out uh, is that MLL and YouTube have announced a partnership. Um, YouTube will carry 15 games in high definition exclusively on uh, the league's channel, youtube.com slash MLL. Uh, adding another platform for the games to air. And the first game that will air on YouTube will be that Boston-New York game sun- this Sunday at 3.30 p.m. So if you can't get to Long Island to check out the Cannons against the Lizards, you can watch that game on YouTube this weekend. Uh, so that's one of 15 games. Uh, pretty exciting development. Uh, pretty neat to see. Pretty pretty interesting to see how the league will, uh, you know, share its product with the world, make it available for people to see. Uh, I'll be at that game, like I said, on Sunday. Looking forward to seeing firsthand um, how the cannons look, how the cannons respond, uh, how that midfield fares without its MVP candidate Paul Rabel, uh, and all as well as I said before to see the storyline of, uh, you know. Will the Lizards, who have put together uh, a pretty impressive team, amassed a lot of talent, uh, is this the start of a championship run? Um, That will all take place Sunday at 3.30. Again, you can find it on YouTube if you're not going to the game in Long Island. Uh, And as I said, Denver at Charlotte on Saturday and uh, Chesapeake at Rochester in Florida on Saturday. Uh, so those are the three games this weekend. We're looking forward to seeing how things uh, how things start. This could be the biggest MLL season yet. A lot of anticipation has gone into it, and it's finally here. This weekend is the start of the 2013 MLL season. Uh, I'm excited. I hope all you fans are excited. Uh, watch the games. Watch the games. Follow. Uh, you know, follow uh, the storylines and I just can't, I just, I'm just excited it's finally here. Just like John Hayes, I'm excited for a whole to start. I'm excited to start to talking to guys every week, seeing what's going on in their games, what happened, what's going to change the next week. Um, 
it's a great time of the year to be a Major League Lacrosse fan. And here on Lacrosse Lounge, on Lacrosse Radio Network, I, your host, Phil Shore, will uh, be ready to talk about all the happenings. So if there's something that you want to hear, a storyline you want me to cover, if there's a guest you want me to have on, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, at pshore 15 um, and that's P-S-H-O-R-E 15. Uh, so I love hearing your feedback. I love hearing what you like, what you don't like, what you guys want to hear on the show. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Again, thank you to John Hayes for coming on to the show tonight. Uh, and make sure to check out the MLL 2013 season opening weekend. This weekend, Saturday and Sunday, three games. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you come back next week for a lacrosse lounge on Lacrosse Radio Network. I'm your host, Phil Shore. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you have a good night. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the games this weekend. And I'll be back next week to talk about them. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening.